Our scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Oh, those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer, want, and hunger. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Hear the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Oh, gracious Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time that we get to turn to your word. And Lord, we ask that you would refresh us, that we would be renewed in your word. Father, I ask that you would help me to proclaim Christ freely and fully. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Growing up, my parents told my siblings and I that home was the safest place that we could be. My father worked hard to provide a roof over our head and food on our table. And my mother, she worked diligently in the house, turning it from a house into a home. From the color of the paint on the walls, the furniture, the smells, the candles she would light, but most importantly, the friendly welcome upon arrival. I was blessed to be in a home that wasn't filled with strife or malice. My home was a refuge from the outside world, a place I could escape to and know that I was loved and cared for and secure. 
But eventually, like all children, you grow up and you leave home. You leave your refuge. For some of us, that might have been a thrilling experience. Others, maybe a more painful one. But regardless, we all left. And during this time of leaving, my parents reminded me of what the other safest place was. Church. See, for those of us who were raised in Christian families, who faithfully raised us in accordance with God's word, we see that the family of God, the body of Christ, or the church is supposed to feel like home, a safe place, a refuge. And it's odd, right? We all understand that there is a requirement on each of our family members to love us, to care for us. But the church is made up of non-legal family members. Now, I love all of you equally, but none of you are my kin. So it's weird that there's so much family resemblance here. So how can it be that the church is to be considered our refuge? It's because the church is supposed to be a reflection of God and who he is. It's the reason I became a member at Vine Street. I walked through those doors one Sunday morning and was greeted by Chandler and others. People approached me and asked me how I was. It reminded me of home and the refuge that we all long for. In Psalm 34, David writes of what it means to take refuge in God. So our outline this morning is going to be these three points. The first point, when God is our refuge, our response will be. That's verses one to three. Our second point, when God is our refuge, our experience will be. Verses four to 14. And our third point, when God is our refuge, he is our redeemer. Verses 15 to 22. So point one, when God is our refuge, our response will be. Follow along with me. Verses one to three. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So for context, this psalm was most likely written after David was on the run from Saul and came before the king of Gath. And he's got spittle down his beard and he's drawing on a, on a wall, acting crazy, going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right? And, and the king's men, they bring him before the king of Gath, and the king of Gath's like, listen, I got enough madmen. Get this guy out of here, right? But David, he correctly attributes his escape to the Lord, and then he breaks out in praise. And David was a man that knew the Lord was his ultimate refuge. And you don't have to look very far to get a biblical sense of this. One of the more well-known psalms in the Bible, Psalm 23. This is how it begins. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And what is a shepherd to a sheep? Security, protection, provision, refuge. His safety in times of trouble 
But interestingly, David says in verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. And rarely, if ever, do we praise anything. We definitely don't praise anything at all times. But David proclaims that the Lord is worthy of being blessed at all times. Why? Why is the Lord worthy of being blessed at all times? Because God is always worthy of praise, no matter the circumstance. Proverbs 18.10 says, He is our strong tower. The righteous will run into it and are safe. Because he is all-powerful, all-knowing, sovereign over all creation, he is the creator. He formed you in your mother's womb and knows the number of hairs on your head. Typically, we praise the Lord when things are going well in our life. Maybe that's a more natural response. And I call those of us who do that fair-weather praisers. But when the storms of life come, who do we turn to? Is our refuge God when calamity strikes? When we don't get that promotion? When we've been wronged by a loved one? When someone leaves an 8% tip on a $150 tab? (laughs) That one's for me. Who do we run to, right? In all seriousness, do we praise the Lord in all circumstances? And David writes, I will bless the Lord. He commands himself to do it. When we take our eyes off ourselves, off our circumstances, off our idols, off the cares of this world, and look to the author and perfecter of our faith, we can't help but break out in praise. In the good, in the bad, and the ugly. Praise the Lord, who is our refuge. And when we do, and we are in the company of others, and we encourage them to give praise too, there's a multiplication of worship. Look at verses 1 and 2. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Boasting in the Lord sounds good to other believers. The humble hear and rejoice in what their king has done for others. Think of, think of testimonies or baptisms, right? When somebody gets up here or in a different context and shares their testimony, when they share that God Almighty has taken them from death to life, does that not encourage your heart? Do you not feel a sense of wonder and praise for a God that would do that for somebody else, let alone you? And what about baptisms, right? It's a symbol of, it's a, it's, a, it's a public declaration of who we are in Christ. Does that not encourage your soul when you see that? The humble believer knows that God is the refuge for all who call upon the name of the Lord. But the proud, the proud seek to find their refuge in their achievements, their money, their status. Don't be the proud, be the humble. Take refuge in the Lord, for he alone is worthy.
This is our first point. When God is our refuge, our response will be praise. Verses 1 to 3. Point two, when God is our refuge, our experience will be. Look with me at verses 4 to 14. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceit, from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. When the Lord is our refuge, we experience peace. Back to David's life. He often found himself in situations that would garner fear. Fighting off lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. Fleeing from a mad king, Saul. Wars, his own son, trying to usurp him. But David writes in verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all of my fears. Now the nuance here is that we will still experience fear. And fear is a powerful emotion. I remember hearing a study once that asked people what they are most afraid of. The number one answer was public speaking. The number two answer was death. So people would literally rather die than have to public speak. And I resonate with that. <laughs> but the promise isn't that we won't experience fear on this side of eternity, but that we will ultimately be delivered. And deliverance might come from immediate relief or divine intervention, or, or it might come when we draw our last breath and come face to face with our God in ultimate peace and security. But regardless of how it comes, the promise is made to those who find refuge in God and God alone. When we walk in times of fear, where do we go? A verse that has encouraged me uh, in my heart when I've been afraid is, is something that my father used to tell me growing up, we had this long hallway in our household, and the way that my dad tried to get us to memorize scripture is he would start the verse, and then you were expected to finish it. So you would just be passing in the hallway, and my Lord would, or my Lord, my father would quote these 
these words. It comes out of 2 Timothy verses, or chapter 1, verse 7. So he would say, for God, and our response would be, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. What else do we experience when God is our refuge? This one's my favorite. Joy. Experience joy when God is our refuge. David writes in verse 5 that those who look to the Lord are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. During this Christmas season, we're going to see decorations all over the place that say joy and there'll be people in the holiday spirit spreading cheer. You know, about a year ago, four young men from this very congregation banded together to start a podcast. And one of the episodes that was released was during the Advent season. And the question arose, what does joy look like in a Christian life? And it's a good question. And those four brilliantly dull young men stumbled upon something profound. Christians experience true joy not because of anything external that could be stripped away, but because they have come in contact with the maker of joy, the one who is joy himself, Jesus Christ. You see, only those who have been born of the Spirit can experience true joy. Those who take refuge in the one who bore the weight of their sin and guilt and have been washed by the blood, they are altogether new. And the radiance of a person who takes refuge in the Lord is hard to miss. Verse 8 says, they have tasted and they have seen that the Lord is good. I think of the woman at the well in the gospel of John chapter 4. After coming in contact with Jesus and being told everything that she had done, she ran back to her village to tell everybody. Now, the scriptures don't tell us what she looked like after that conversation, but I like to imagine that she was radiant, that she was more beautiful than she had ever been because she had come in contact with Emmanuel, God with us. And like her, those of us who have experienced the thirst-quenching goodness of the living water, we are humbled before a holy God and long to see those around us redeemed. My prayer is that this body would be filled with the joy of our salvation and that we would long for those around us to experience the refuge we find in Christ. Joy, radiance, and peace that surpasses all understandings is what we experience when we take refuge in God. This is our second point. When God is our refuge, our experience will be peace and joy. So the first point, when God is our refuge, our response will be praise. The second point, when God is our refuge, our experience will be peace and joy. And our third and final point, when God is our refuge, he is our redeemer. Look with me at verses 15 to 22. 
The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Notice how the subject changes from David to God in verse 15 to 22. These verses are filled with God moving towards his people to provide refuge for them. Verse 15 says, the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. And the question has to be asked, who among us is righteous? Who among us is worthy of the Lord looking upon? The Bible clearly states that none of us are righteous, not on our own accord. So how can we be considered righteous to God? Only by Christ's redeeming work on the cross. And redemption in the Bible typically has a salvation element to it, being redeemed from sin to God. And I think Romans 5, verses 8 to 11, speak to this idea of redemption most clearly. Hear these words and, and follow with the screen behind. Romans 5, verse 8 to 11. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. In the context of, of Psalm 34, as David is writing this, he's probably thinking more of a, of a physical or, or military redemption. Remember, he's just pulled a fast one over the king of Gath, right? And has lived to tell the tale about it. But, but in our context, as New Testament believers, we get the privilege to look through Scripture with the lens of Christ. And in this season of Advent, we are taking time to recognize the coming of our Lord, caught in the in-between of the first and second coming. We can be comforted by these important promises for those who take refuge in the Lord. Verses 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Our Redeemer, the one in whom we take refuge, cares for you. He draws near to us and saves us. Verse 22, the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. 
It's the gospel message. We have been bought with a price that Christ has paid and now we have been redeemed. Therefore, in Romans 8, 1, we have this verse. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Be in Christ. Take refuge in the Lord. To wrap up our time, I want to leave with these encouragements. First to the believer. Make God your refuge and lift your eyes off yourself and sing praises to the one who is worthy of all praise. Make God your refuge and experience peace and joy. Be radiant with the joy of your salvation and unashamed. Invite others to taste and see that the Lord is good. Make God your refuge and he will be your redeemer. Be found in Christ and cherish the glory of knowing your heavenly father. And to those who are not yet believers, my prayer is that you would come to know the Lord as refuge. And I recognize that life can be hard and that a lot of life happens Sunday to Sunday. And I understand that not all of us know what safety, love, and warmth might feel like. But I would plead with you, come, taste and see that the Lord is good. Find your refuge in the one who cares for you. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we ask, Lord, that we would continue to find our refuge in you. Lord, that we would sing praises to you, not just this morning, but the rest of our lives would be a song of praise to the one to whom we find refuge in. Father, I ask that we would consider the Prince of Peace, that we would be drawn to Christ in all that we do. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen.